And hello. Welcome to Dixon Jeans Podcast, episode number 920 fucking nine. Holy shit. We're getting up there. And uh, welcome to the year 2023. Uh, now, Technically, it's not 2023 uh, at this moment while I'm talking to you here in uh, Thompson Park on a rainy afternoon, but uh, it will be by the time you're listening to this. So in your end, it'll be the new year, and I hope it's a good one for you. I don't know what uh, 2022 was like. A lot of people just seem to get pissed off. There's a great little cartoon where it shows people just in a corner with a long stick, and they're kind of poking at the door to open 2023, like, oh my God, what's it got in store for us? Because, uh, yeah, I don't know, a lot of people have been going through some rough times in so many different ways, but uh, we're not going to dwell on that here in the Dixon Jeans podcast, because, uh, well, sometimes this is a happy a happy listen, and sometimes not. Uh, today's will be, uh, today's going to be a recounting, kind of a recounting of an event. I'm going to call it a Boninkai. Uh, Boninkai is a, uh, it's a Japanese word for a year-end party, where you're you're closing the door on the year that's ended. And uh, normally, I mean, it's another name for drunk, almost. I, I say that, you know, a little bit facetiously. But no, no, a Boninkai, a good Boninkai involved a lot of alcohol. Uh, Japanese people did like to drink, in general, um, and, uh, so people would go out and yeah, just gather with friends, could be your, uh, co-workers. And here in Toronto, we had an annual party when I was a member, when I was president, in fact, of the Canada-Japan Society, the CJS or the CJST, Canada-Japan Society of Toronto. And that would be one of our big events of the year. And we'd invite people from the Japanese consulate and, uh, Oh, other events, so there were always people in suits showing up, and uh, it, it was fun, but there was definitely alcohol involved. That, and then our annual board meeting. Uh, we were recounting last night uh, the the whole idea of Boninkai's because, gosh, 24 hours ago, exactly, I was probably working on my... Maybe my third beer by that point. I don't think I'd gone out for a toke yet. But uh, we were at the only cafe. And for a change, it was quite wonderful. We had the front table, which used to be our table. It's one of these old Formica tables you'd see in, um, you know, people's kitchens back. You know, this was not... A sign of wealth. This is a sign. We need a kitchen table, and it's got aluminum, silver aluminum around the side, and a, a very durable top. And that's sitting right at the front of the the end of the bar, but the front of the uh, the only cafe, right by the window. So it's a prime location. And it's usually occupied, but we got it to ourselves last night. That would be John Meadows. Our uh, photographer friend, a man of many talents, writes short stories, uh, sings in uh, operettas, and does a little acting, and um, is, as I've said, an excellent photographer. So, John Meadows, who I've known through podcasting for, uh, gosh, it's over a decade now, I guess, met on our first uh, PAB event, Uh, and uh, a wicked sense of humor, a pun master. Um, and, um, an introvert. So <laughs> I think sometimes introvert, you could say introverts generally have a little bit of depth to them too. I, I don't know if that's uh, true of all, but, uh, they do. It's just sometimes a little harder to get that out. Uh, but anyway, John and the person I refer to as the lovely Lisa and, um, by golly, 
What an evening it was. Very, very, very pleasant. I presented our bartender, Max, with a copy of my book. I got the idea probably a week ago and thought, this is this seems fitting. Max had been very kind to invite us to the uh, Only Cafe annual Christmas party. And I thought I'd like to give him a little gift in return and maybe a little bit showing off, too. Look at me. Look at the book. I wrote this. That's my book. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I signed it. Gifted it to him up at the bar, and uh, he seemed very, very grateful and very pleased. And I think bought me a beer in return, because when I went to pay my tab, I was only charged for five, and I know for a fact I had six beer last night. And, oh boy, usually like four is my limit. Three is often, you know, that's sort of a, a comfortable norm at my age. But last night, it was six. Now, I think I was fueled up, because I did step up. I had a fairly good roach, you know. I can't I can't do centimeters very well. Let's say I have an inch and a half left of a joint. An inch and a half. Uh, yeah, me, an in, yeah, a little over an inch, let's say. And I just stepped out front and smoked that down till uh, it was gone. Normally, I'd just step out and have a toke or two, a puff. And this time, hey, it's a special night. It's the end of the year. Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's go all in. And that's what I do. And the odd thing, uh, I mean, lucky for me, absolutely no hangover today, no ill effects, no, oh my God. And I think it was because we chose beer very carefully. I, I followed Lisa for the first five, had exactly what she ordered, starting off with a 10W30 and then on to a number of really, really good beer. And then when number six came around, uh, you know, when I knew I needed six, she switched to uh, soda water. But, uh, yeah, so, and it's what's wonderful, we start at 2.30 yeah, or 3, you know. This is our new idea, so you're guaranteed to get a seat. And then you can get home at a reasonable hour, too. So I catch the number nine Bellamy bus from uh, Warden Station, and it drops me off at the top of my street, and... Uh, Home I go, you know, back uh, back home by 10.30 or so. So that was the night. Now, that was kind of a, a flat telling. And it, it's hard to think, well, why, why do you have to tell that? You've told an event. But really what I wanted to get across was what it felt like. What it felt like. And by God, you get six beer into you, you're feeling pretty good, and you're, everybody's your friend, and you're, you're, you know, some physical contact and shaking hands and uh, just wonderful warm greetings from the staff at the Only Cafe. Great, Ken, good to see you. Yeah, we love customers like you. And, and genuinely saying nice things. This is, this was, this is not uh, people who are trained to win friends and influence people. These are just natural human beings and, and they know you're enjoying their place and we're, we're good customers. We tip well and we, we take our beer seriously. Oh my God. That man I talk about, is that him? No. No, that's just an old daughter. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. Now, having the toke, that just, what it does, it intensifies everything. And, and I like a little bit of intensity. And I guess intensity is the right word because you're, you're seeing when you're looking at a face, you're really looking. You're really seeing the person's face and their expression. I, I know this sounds silly to some of you. But no, my God. What's he saying, you know? If you've not got high or really got your good buzz. But these days... I'm in a, overall a good space overall, so my highs are good. I'm not, you know, some people say, oh, I can't do that stuff anymore. I just get anxious or, uh, uh, you know, stressed out or um, paranoid, you know, none of that type. No, I just get close and warm and all lovey-dovey. And, like, I, I stepped out. And there were two guys, a long hair and a black guy, just standing there, and all I heard was, Good vibes. Something like that. There were just two words that I heard in their conversation. And I just plunked myself right down beside them. And yeah, man, and I don't know what I said. And I know this is going to sound cheesy. It sounds very cheesy. 
But I joined in, and the three of us just vibed together. Is it, can you do that? Can you vibe together? We connected. We just we just lifted each other up a little bit higher. We just yeah, this is good. This is what it's about. This is what it's caring and sharing. And I I, do, I have no idea what we said. I have no idea what we talked about. It was just all three of us went in three different directions. Really happy that we had connected. Okay, that was real. That wasn't. I thought that happened. No, that happened. Now. The reason I went outside was it was easier to go outside and in another front door on the coffee shop side to get to the washroom instead of um, working your way through that very narrow bar. So in I go on the other side, and I met another woman on the coffee shop side. They keep the staff there till, like, I think they go till 10 or something. I'm not sure. And... I don't know what started it, but bam, we're just looking into each other's faces. And I, again, oh, I'm embarrassed to relate this because it, oh, it's sounding so corny, man. But with that intensity, saying, yes, yes, when you connect with another human being, again, <laughs> I'm not quite sure what it was we agreed on. But it was just full agreement. And again, lifting each other up. Like, I can I can just see her face. I know I was holding both her hands as I was talking into her face. And it wasn't creepy. It wasn't a creepy old man sitting on me. No, 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 no. Nothing like that. It was just, yes, isn't this a great place? I know we were celebrating the only cafe and the good vibes. But it went beyond that. It went about something positive. Now, I know things got a little well, got kind of interesting. I listened to, on the way over, I listened to the Slate Political Gab Fest. And this was their annual conundrum show. And it's, it's a dandy. Because the three characters, they're very relaxed. I like all three personalities on that show. If you don't listen to it, you won't have a clue what I'm talking about. But it doesn't matter. There are three people who are very up on their politics and what's happening in America. And that's where I go to get my American political, not, not news, but insights into what's going on, you know, dur- the, during the course of the week. It's an hour. It's a really good listening with a lot of bright people. And, and they do some other stuff, too. They have cocktail chatter, little bits of news that's interesting. So it's it's worth listening to. However, the conundrum was listeners... And there are well over 500 of them. Send in, which would you rather, you know, this or this? You've got these choices. And one of the questions was, you could have the answer to any one question. What would the question be? You could have the answer. And for one of them, it was like, you know, would will, the, will mankind survive? And then the others would talk about it. And they'd say, oh, my God, I don't want to know that. That would scare the hell out of me. Like, it could be so depressing. And then they'd refine it. Well, you mean 100 years or 10,000 years? Would you want to know? Why wouldn't you want to know? You know, is, the, is there an end to the universe or, or whatever? Is there a God? And, and that, that was the, the lead off. And that one hooked me because one of the guys, I can't remember if it was David or John or Emily. It wasn't, it wasn't Emily. Uh, but his question was, I'd want to know, am I real or do I really exist in real, in space, in, in time, in this body? Is this real or is this just a simulation? Now, at first, for some people, that's what a ridiculous, stupid fucking question. Of course you're real. But no, no the headspace I was in last night, oh, no, they, whoa. Because it is very easy to imagine, and I have brought that up, brought that topic up on this show before, as if there are gods playing with our lives, that we are being manipulated. Like we're, it's almost like they're the rolling dice; they're taking turns. What are we going to do this one now? Well, let's try this. Let's put them here. Let's let's introduce these two together. Let's see what happens here. I mean, you 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 get that, or, or you don't. 
But sometimes life seems like that, as if somebody else. And my feeling, and I've said this many times, is like, oh my God, somebody's really having fun with me because they're giving me a good life. Like, I'm, I'm getting good spins. I, I like my life. I like what's happened. I celebrate. Holy shit, have I ever been given the breaks? And I know it's an odd thing to say because if somebody's not feeling that way about their life, it sounds like, well, fuck you and your stupid life. I hope, I hope you get cancer, you know? Uh, I don't, nobody said that to me personally, but, you know, you, sometimes you're a little, maybe, maybe I have to hold back a little on how, how, I, how blessed I feel sometimes. Uh, but I can do that on the Dixon Chains podcast. But there is that feeling that this, I'm getting this string of lucky breaks. Now, again, I know it's a matter of perspective, and it is a matter of positive thinking, and it is how you look at things. Because somebody said, well, what about that neuropathy? What about the fact that that's getting worse? What about the fact that soon you're going to need a walker? What about, you know, this, this, and this, your memory being shot to hell? And, and you know, there's all kind. you know, if somebody wanted to look for shit in my life, you'd find it. You don't have to dig too deep to find shit in my life. <laughs> but... I choose to have a positive view. Anyway, that was exciting. It, that may have been the thing that I shared with this person whose name I can't remember. It was a name I had never heard before. But still today, I'm seeing that looking eyeball to eyeball, looking in and both of us just grooving on each other, happy to be connecting to another human being. That, that was the thing. Like happy to engage and it's only for a few minutes. You drag it out and say, well, what do you do for a living? You know, where do you live? There's none of that. It was just this moment now, what's happening? And, of course, when you're high, you, you are in this moment now. And I guess last night was all about being in this moment now. Yes, I'll have another beer. Boy, that one was good. And it wasn't that you're shoveling them back and knocking them back to get drunk. It's that you're tasting. Wow. Good choice, Lisa. Yeah, I like that. And when you go up to the bar, you talk to Max or the other bartender, and you see, you know, I'm looking at that one, that Wellington uh, extra special bitter. That that can I just have a taste of that, and then give you the taste, and you have a little sip, and you decide mm, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I like that. Yep, two of those, please. And uh, there you go. So last night was an absolutely wonderful. Celebration of the end of 2022. And uh, I'll close down now that I've shared. Now, I've got another entire topic, but maybe we'll just stop there. Um, because you've had, you've had enough already. 17 minutes, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save this, this other topic. I'll make a note of it. The other thing I did today was I... Got out my um, CD drive from my MacBook Air. I bought that separately. I'm glad I did. And loaded up all four of my Prairie Oyster CDs. And then added them, made a playlist, adding in the one I bought from, um, you know, Apple. And now I have a playlist loaded up here. On an old iPhone, which is I use as a player for podcasts, and now it's music too. And I have a Prairie Oyster playlist that I can hit on shuffle. And I was doing that just before turning on this mic. I was sitting in the car, the seat tilted back, earbuds in, Prairie Oyster shuffle, five CDs. And that put me in a very, very happy place. So the next topic, if I follow through on it, uh, will not be so pleasant, but will be an, in, will, will be, it's an important topic. It's something we talked about last night. Remind me, oh, it, it's to do with the news and the news coverage. Uh, and in particular, the news coverage when a police officer is shot and killed. So, uh, stay tuned because we got it. We got to talk about that. Scarborough Dude signing out from Bluffers Park. I don't have the bell with me anymore. Can we end with a bit of music? Have I got a DVD in here or a CD? Whoa, whoa, sorry.
can't help wishing that some things would last Just like the love you used to have for me So darling, just for old time's sake Turn back the hands of time Pretend Okay, she's rolling. Decided not to give myself any prep time to think about, too. what am I going to start with? What goes first? Uh, first of all, it's January 1st, 2023. Happy New Year, folks. This is officially a new year uh, for recording the Dixon Janes podcast. My God, we've made it. We started way back in the spring of 2005, and here we are, 2023. Holy moly, that's a lot of living. Um, so yeah, there's a few things on my list. Check in first. It's kind of a rainy day. It's an afternoon. I'm here at uh, Bluffers Park. Uh, see quite a few people with their family. It's just a nice place to come out to. I should be out walking, but right now I'm just sitting in the front seat of the Toyota with my, uh, Dr. Pepper and my lovely, um, Lindor, these Lind chocolates. You know the kind that are wrapped up in a nice f- colored foil, blue or black or gold? And they got a layer of dark chocolate on the outside and inside kind of a a chewier soft chocolate. And by God, they're good. You don't you don't pop the whole thing in your mouth. You, I take at least four bites to get through one of these babies. So I'm saving that. Saving that. Dr. Pepper on the go. I don't know why I bought Dr. Pepper, but it was just one of those things... Eh, kind of nice to have around the house sometimes. Not a good thing to drink. All right, all right, moving on. Uh, No New Year's resolutions other than the usual, I guess, try to make better use of my time. Like, don't watch repeated newscasts of the same stories. Just switch it off, pick up a book, or go, go to YouTube or Netflix and find something that you really do want to invest some time in. But just don't leave that TV on the background to, uh, you know, suck your brain. Okay. All right. Now, there's a, a couple of topics. I mentioned last time, or the end of the last clip, about the officer's funeral. I do not have the details. Um, I cannot give you the officer's name. This was an Ontario police officer new to the job. It was his first day, in fact, of getting passing whatever conditions were required so that he could act independently on a call. He was out on his first call, um, a car in a ditch. He went and he was shot and killed. Two people were subsequently arrested. And if you live in Canada, you have seen this splashed all over the news. Um, And by that I mean... Top story, uh, even scenes of the of the funeral, the lineups of police cars, the police on bridges, watching as the hearse with the body was driven back to his hometown. Um, and it's a big deal when police get shot. And so this is not really, uh, well, it is <laughs> actually the essence of the story. Um, tragic, sad, an unnecessary death. And the follow-up story was, of course, um, the uh, uh, they show his face, nice white man, and in the background, when I say nice white man, I mean it was just kind of that seemed to be part of the story. Uh, you know, a good community member, champion wrestler at York University, just good guy all around. All they could do was build up what a wonderful man he was. wasn't just a police officer. This is a wonderful citizen, which makes it all the more tragic. And then, the, and then they flash on the screen two very unpleasant pictures of the two in, individuals who were arrested and, and probably certainly were guilty. Uh, but courts will decide that. Um, kind of mean looking. They've put the names up. 25-year-old, 30-year-old. 
um, no information about them other than the uh, the male suspect was already up on charges, wasn't supposed to have a weapon, had been released on bail. And this too became a perfect political story for that nasty asshole of a conservative political leader, Pierre, uh, what, Polyuv or Polyuv, I don't know, I can't pronounce his name, I'm sorry, um, to use this against Trudeau and his liberal ideas of letting people out on bail, this guy should have been, he never should have been released on bail, and use this really, and, and he sadly got a lot of TV coverage repeating that point over and over again. This poor white police officer, no, he didn't say white, I'm sorry, but this poor good man who was just making a career to serve the community and, and sacrificed his life, lost his life, at the hands of somebody who never should have been released. But again, nothing about them. And what bothers me is that this was such a central story, this horrible thing that happened to this wonderful human. We don't really know really what, what had he lived, what 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 might have happened down the road in his life and so on. But we have to surmise that the people, the one-on-one bail, have had miserable, tragic lives. And to me, it's a part of the story. The story is this, look, this nice guy, this police officer out to protect you and your family was shot by these awful people. The story should be, what made, what led that person to get to the point where he'd shot a police officer before he could draw his own gun on sight, other than the fact that he knew he would be arrested because he was already warrants out for him and that he would be let off to jail, so easier just to kill the guy and get caught shortly after for even worse, up on first-degree murder and his partner. Nothing about who the other woman was, where she come from, how she ended up there. But you know, there's a horrible, tragic human story behind them. And the fact that it only focused all the news on just the police officer and what happened to him and how wonderful he was and, and how tragic a story this is, but nothing about what else happened in that whole story. And it was almost, I almost felt like, hey, I'm living in a, a communist police state or dictatorship where somebody t- says, this is what's going on in the news and this is what, uh, what's not going on in the news. We are not going to have any sympathy or anything to do to, to humanize the bad people, the bad ones, the killers. We are only going to focus on how wonderful this policeman was and how bad we feel for all his family. So I don't know where to go with that other than I feel I feel the need to bring this up because it wasn't brought up and it won't be brought up. And there'd be people, if a police officer by chance was listening to the Dixon James podcast and heard this, might be very angry at me for, hey, that poor guy lost his life for no reason by these useless fucking people. I don't care what happened. They shot him, officer dead. And my my point that I'm trying to make is we want to find out why, what led to that, so that in future there won't be as many people as this out there who would shoot an officer, you know, close range and... and kill him rather than face whatever was ahead of them. How do they ever get into that situation? Where Where is this? What, you know, the same way, why are so many teenagers in Toronto shooting and stabbing each other in, in these warfares? What are the, what is the background? How do you solve this problem? How do you make it a better world? And it doesn't make it a better world by only focusing on the funeral of one police officer. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to go there because I don't. I don't think I have anything more intelligent to say. I don't have any answers to the issue, but I just think it. It really bothered me that this story was so simply one-sided, so black and white, as often the internet is these days. Okay. Um, conservative majorities. I'm afraid of conservative majorities. I'm afraid. 
of people maybe new to Canada who who would you know would, would well when I listen to this Pierre Polyev um, going on and getting some traction and a lot of people and I would think a lot of conservative people would be anti-Trudeau, anti-liberalism, lock up the bad guys, you know, bring back capital punishment, you know, all these things, these conservative values. And I'm afraid that liberals could be on the losing side in, in an upcoming election, that there'd be more and more people with closed-minded, narrow-minded, conservative views who will simply outnumber liberal-minded people like myself, like me and you, the listeners of the Dixon James podcast, because I assume you understand where I'm coming from and probably, I hopefully, agree with me to a large extent. All right. Now, what did I do today when I just go, circling back to making better use of time instead of just sitting there and watching the news to see what story might catch my interest? I went straight to YouTube and watched a show on the decline of the Roman Empire, um, narrated by a, uh, a British historian uh, whose husband also played a role in the uh, in the story. And it was very, very interesting. It was about 50 minutes, almost an hour, I guess. Uh, the whole story of Roman history, I mean, I was fascinated in school, learning about the Romans, learning about Hadrian's Wall, learning about wow, this 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 empire and how much of the world they controlled at that time. You know, we didn't get into much into Asian history, but we did learn about the Great Wall of China. I was also fascinated by that. Maybe it was walls I was interested in. Um, in fact, I remember Hadrian's Wall. Visited it when I was uh, touring Europe. Made a point of going up to touch it. Um, but it was a great um it was a great story and it really boiled down to you know the extent the empire was so vast that they had to put up walls around it and it wasn't just being ransacked by the vandals and the goths and uh, all the others barbarians uh she said no it was really to do with the gods i mean this is the 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 as she moved towards the romans had gods for everything, for victory, for this, and, and it involved animal sacrifices and so on. And then when they were in Judea and dealt with the Jews who insisted they were only there was only one God, this became a problem because, no, you have to prove your, your allegiance to Rome by sacrificing an animal to whatever God of our many gods you choose and they refused and there was a famous battle and so on. Uh, but that idea spread and eventually caught on to, of course, Christianity came right after that, back again to one God. And of course they talked about it. It wasn't all about throwing the Christians to the lions. That did happen. But in fact, Emperor Constantine, as you know, from your own understanding of history, um, switched over. And uh, I, it was just amazing when you think of it. He built what is now, what was Constantinople then, which is now uh, Istanbul. Um, this huge new capital, or, you know, uh, for Rome, this, this uh, in all its glory and linking these different parts of the world until its overthrow. So that was better, <laughs> time better spent learning a little bit, being interested. And, and in your mind, you're listening and you're, you're picturing, because I, I did read The Rise and Fall of the Roman Empire a long time ago by uh, Gibbons, I believe. And it, it's just a fascinating history. Wow. And I used to think, even when I was in school, even when I was just a little, weak little kid, how frightening. I know in high school, we had to read a book about Rome. The, the Eagle of the Ninth was a, a high school reading and I would always think when I learned about uh, Sparta, oh my God, I would not want to be one of those people. You know, it's like I didn't like gym. There was the guys in gym who could, you know, excel at sports and beat you up if they wanted. And then there's the weaklings like myself who couldn't catch a ball or were the last person picked for the team. <laughs> and, uh, and how I dreaded the, the, the thought. I didn't dread the thought because it wasn't going to happen, but I thought deeply about how awful it would be for me to be in one of these societies. Who was the, who was the opposite of the, the Spartans? The, the, you know, the, the 
gosh, I should know one. I've forgotten. I'm sorry. You're shouting out the answer. But anyway, the other ones who were thinkers and, and, uh, and uh, you know, didn't want to die to the last man. And, and same for being, you know, a Roman. My God, the horror of being a slave, the horror of just any, any you know, as it exists today, military dictatorship, uh, I, I would not fit well. I love the luxury I have, the softness of my life. Oh, my God, 15 minutes, Ken. You haven't got to what you really need to talk about today. And that was the reaction I got to the last podcast I put out when I talked about in-your-ear holes and said, oh, my God, they're just dissing music. Why don't they just play nice songs? I didn't say it quite as smarmily as that, (laughs) but I think it was taken that way. And I think there was some offense taken because all five people chimed in. What I found interesting was everybody who responded, and this is for the gang who does In Your Ear Olds podcast, and if you don't know who they are, message me and I'll tell you and I'll direct you a link or Google that podcast and you'll hear them announce themselves. Um, If I didn't hear their voices but just read the transcript I would identify each person from what they said, how they reacted to, you know, what uh, what I got wrong in daring to criticize their show. Well, first of all, of course, I'm not going to defend myself. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll accept Oliver's final statement, which closed the matter very diplomatically. Uh, you missed the point, Ken. And I'm good with that. Sure, I, I missed the point. You were all having fun. It was a wonderful time. But I'm of the school that says, hey, interact a little bit with each other. So I did put it in here. I will say, if you get any comments, send them here. And, of course, nobody expects ever to get any comments. And when you do, boy, oh, boy. I wouldn't say I got hammered, but I certainly was corrected on uh, why I had it all wrong. Um, And that's okay because this is about opinion and and so on but it, it was it was engaging listening for me to hear people oh, they're actually talking about me on their podcast so thank you very much um i do not want to get into a dueling banjos contest and go back and forth and back and forth and uh and keep this going forever um i think what really tipped the scale and i didn't mention it because i just you know i mouth off too much and i run out of time but was also the other shows where they pick a movie and find all its faults that really was, to me, the tipping factor. And then when it just happened to be listening to you in your ear holes, I said, oh, they do it to songs too. Um, and again, it was just simply my naivety of, there were just so many great movies, why not celebrate them? But but that that's, you know, when I say that, I think, oh, how boring. Oh, um, we all know what's a good movie. So here, I'll, I'll, I'm going to toss something else out there. I assume most of my listeners will have watched The Glass Onion is it called The Glass Onion or Glass Onion? Um, which I thought was a so-so movie. It was definitely entertaining. My whole family, the three of us, Dan, Nalco, and I watched it, really enjoyed it, lots of fun, but certainly not a great movie. And, oh my God, after the second time, the Mona Lisa joke just flopped, failed with a thud. Oh my God, come on. It's not funny. And I know the more they did it, the more they hoped it would be even funnier each time, and it certainly wasn't on my part. So I didn't think that was a great film, but that's just an example of an opinion. And somebody else might say, oh, it was fabulous, it was great, and so on. But um, in this case, you know, I think my opinion carries a little weight. It was it was okay. I didn't like Daniel Craig in that role at all. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that. It, it is about opinion and so on. And what I did say, and what nobody picked up on back to uh, In Your Ear Holes, was I preface my remarks of how much admiration and respect I had for the knowledge that most of these people have on that show about music and how much they can remember and how much they know about this and that. I mean, I'm, I'm, that's coming from a person with no memory at all, except if you really ask me, no, no, I guess if I go back to the music that I liked back into the 60s, my early Stones and Beatles, yeah, I I, I knew what was when and who said what and did and so on. Uh, so we'll just leave that there. There's not a, not a whole lot. There's no patching up. There's no, oh, I'm sorry, um, called for or, or would I. But that was just an interaction, an observation. And uh, I can see perfectly well 
why they felt the need to correct me and say, you know, this is this is why we're doing it. It's it's fun, and there's a lot of crap music out there, and uh, you know, and Oliver, to his credit, is is a master showman. I mean, he's he's been in the business. He knows how to entertain. So uh, you know, I didn't want to take away any of that. Um, I'm just, as I mentioned, simple-minded and uh, like what I like and don't like what I don't like. And as uh, Stephanie pointed out, or Penelope, um, how many times do I mouth off ridiculously about negative things? And uh, I probably just did that about the uh, police officer's funeral. So this is it, uh, signing off, Scarborough Dude, 20 minutes. Oh, my God. Thank you very much for uh, listening. Stay tuned to the Dixon James Podcast because we ain't done yet. Bye for now. Okay, Scarborough Dude coming at you from uh, Bluffers Park on a rainy day on this, uh, what are we at? We are at January the 3rd, 2023. And uh, early afternoon, I got my McDonald's coffee, and I got a story to tell you that sort of just happened within the past hour. Um, I got a whole lot of notes. I got I know I got 19 minutes left in this podcast if I stick to the hour. I got a bunch of stuff I want to talk about, but I got to get this thing out of the way while it's still fresh and while I'm still feeling conflicted. I went to the Salvation Army today and donated some clothes. So there's there's what it's about. You know how my wife has been after me forever. And she's thinking more about my books, my things in the bar, the boxes and boxes of stuff I have piled in my room. I mean, a, a ton of stuff. And, she, you know, her the idea is, look, one day you'll get too old and you won't be able to get rid of this stuff. And we'll have to do it for you. And, of course, that terrifies me. Um, so I went through my T-shirt collection, and I bundled up. You know, I had three piles, one pile to give away, and then two other piles. And that was the same day my chest of drawers fell apart with only slight violence on my part. But the whole, it completely collapsed. Uh, part of it is still lying on the front lawn, well, by, by the curb, uh, the little wicker baskets all got taken during the night, which is great. Um, but anyway, so I ended up with no place for my T-shirts. So basically, it was a T-shirt chest of drawers. I had six drawers there, and they were full, packed to the top. So got these two piles. I go upstairs, Malco's vacuuming, and I see the two piles of good T-shirts, the ones I want to save, in the hallway, and uh, the other ones that I was going to donate left in my room. Whoa, glad I caught this in time. So I'm just extra sensitive. And this dates back from the beginning. And oddly enough, I think my father was that way too. You get possessive about things, you get attached and it becomes emotional. It's not rational, but it's just, it's there. So anyway, no problem getting rid of these t-shirts. Went through my hall closet today, got through three other long sleeve shirts and some pullovers, you know, so more shirts into the pile. Then I went to the front hall closet. I've got a heavy coat that has been a good one. It served me well for many years and it's a great winter overcoat. Very warm. I've used it camping. I've used it everywhere. That's going in. I haven't used it this year. I don't need that. Then there was a windbreaker, a nice blue, sort of a wing rain jacket. No, I always wear my black one that Bark Lake donated to me. No, I don't need that one anymore. It's a red one. I'll save the red one, but the blue one's going. And then another winter coat, orange with a hood, tight fit, very snug. I have a picture of Nauco and I out on New Year's Day, probably just a few years ago. Mint condition, I wore it. Yesterday, in fact, just to make sure, yeah, it still fits, still works, ooh, still feels really good. But when it came to entering the hall closet today, I said, you know, Ken, 
You've got another coat, which I'm wearing right now, a good winter coat with a hood. You don't need this one. Put it in the put it in the car. And and the voice, the conflict had already started. Mm, well, I don't know. Maybe. Well, tell you what. Just put it in the car. You don't have to donate it, but put it in the car just in case you come to the realization you have to. You will. You should. So drove to the uh, Salvation Army, dropped off the bag of T-shirts and shirts. Yeah, okay, donation over here. Walked through the store first to make sure, okay, they got lots of clothes. People who are in there look like they're poor and need stuff. This is a place to donate your clothes. Um, and then I go back to the car, and I pick up two of the coats, but not the not the orange one. Not not the nice winter one that's only a few years old. It's like mint condition. No, no, I'm, I'll leave that. So I give the other two coats. And I go back to the car and I sit there. And I think, and I think, and I think. And there's a voice in me, or a, a competing voice that's saying, you have to give it. It'll make somebody happy. Somebody's going to get the best jacket in this place. And I know I browse through the jacket section quickly, but I know this is going to be a a find for somebody. So somebody's going to be happy with this thing. Hopefully somebody who needs it. (sighs) So you have to give it up. But the longer I sit in the car with it back in the trunk, the harder it is. I'm struggling. No, I just... Maybe come back tomorrow. Maybe maybe, maybe take it. I'm thinking of going camping. Take it winter camping. It's perfect for, that's your perfect winter camping coat. Save it for that and then do it later. And the other voice, the competing voices, no, no, somebody needs, it's still winter. It's only January. Somebody's got to get a winter to get through. Somebody's going to need that coat. Somebody's going to buy that coat. Somebody's going to be happy to have that coat. you got to give it back. I struggle. And... I mean, I'm emotionally really conflicted. I'm hurt like, that's the one Naoko gave me. Maybe I should have talked to her first. Maybe I should have asked her, what should I do? Now I've resolved, no, don't even tell her. See if she notices it's gone. I go into the car. I come back. They're emptying things out of the warehouse Stuff that's going into a big truck to go somewhere. Maybe stuff that's rejects. I don't know. So when I go with the coat in hand and I say, where do I put this? Just put it there, outside. There's a box. There's a there's a, 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 contain, a a wheeled container they use for loading stuff. And a cardboard box. He says, no, just put it there. We're emptying the, the shop now. I said, well, will it go into the... Where's the, where's, where's the stuff in the truck going? Is that... I don't want this to be thrown away. And I'm, my mind is going, no, no, I want to hand it to somebody like I did the others. Get a smile in return, maybe. Doesn't matter. But put it into the shop. No, no, just put it out there. Well, it's raining. I leave with that orange, that precious orange coat that I, that I, I just, oh, my God, it hurt to give it up. I leave with it sitting in a cardboard box, in the rain, outside the store. It's really bothering me. I drive, I, I, okay, Ken, you just got to go. Another voice, I drive to the McDonald's nearby on Eglinton. I'm going to get a coffee, and as I'm driving to the coffee, I'm thinking, you know, Ken, I bet you if you went back, it's still there. You could just take it. Take it back and, and then give it another time. Go get it. Go get it now. And I think, no, you can't. You can't do that. And what if they saw you? going outside the store and taking back something. What would they think? What kind of an asshole? Why is that? Whoa! You know, that's not right. Sorry if I'm shouting, but it hurt. It was hard. It it just was hard to do. And I know I had to, and I know, like, I honestly... I laughed when I left when it was I laughed because it was here's my coat that I'm just finding so hard to hand over and it's left in a cardboard box in the rain outside the Salvation Army and it made me laugh because like that's not a fitting farewell and it's like my coat screaming you left me you left me you left me you don't care you don't love me 
It's like a, a cat or an animal you've abandoned. That's how attached I get. That's how much it, it's so hard to do, to let go of things. And that in particular, the other ones, no, no feeling. Okay, it's done. You're done. You're done. It was never that attached. This coat, this had a special feeling. This coat, I loved it. I love that she gave it to me just three or four Christmases ago. But she gave me another one last Christmas. And I didn't need that one. And I had to do it. And it's done. <sighs> oh, my God. Ten minutes to tell you that. It, it just, it seems so silly and so ridiculous. But that's real. That's how I felt. All right, moving on. The value of drinking or the cost of not drinking. Also, when I listened to um, that podcast about the uh, music they hate in your ear holes, they talked about not drinking like, and the reasons why. And very solid reasons and good for you. Good. But I almost felt I had to chime in and say, well, wait a minute now. There's some of us who are really good at drinking. Like, I'm a happy drunk. And I've had many happy, fun times being very drunk. And I just need to put that out there. But I will go so far as to say, if I wasn't a drinker, I would not have a house today. That may sound like an exaggeration, but it's not. If it hadn't been for my drinking skills and ability and enjoyment, I would not have become... Drinking buddies with the president of my company in Japan, the man who promised I'll get you a house. And one way or another, I ended up with a house after leaving Japan. There is a direct correlation. It also, had I not been able to drink, had I not been a drinker, I would not have survived Nigeria, the two years in Nigeria. I certainly would not have had anywhere near as much fun and made such good friendships with local Nigerians had I not been a drinker. So I'm just saying, you know, there are other sides to drinking if you're a good drinker. If you're not, good. Or if you're a kind of drunk who wants to fight people and there are those around, bam, don't. If you're a stupid enough person to drink and drive your car into traffic and kill people, no. Right, And if you had to choose even pot and alcohol, take pot every time. You're not going to get violent. You're not going to hurt people. <sighs> we'll just park that. Um, compulsory national service. I've talked about this before, how I feel Canada would be a better country if everybody between the age of 19 and 29 or 30 maybe even 17 to 30, opt-in maybe, but owes Canada one year of service. And I know governments are horrible at starting programs. There was a program, Katimovic. My program was CUSO, Canadian University Services Overseas, funded by the government. Uh, Katimovic, which our good friend Michel, uh, not Michel, um, the, uh, the artist, uh, the other half of Dave Broadbeck, Isabelle Michel, uh, she did Katimovic. That's how she learned English, I think, to a large extent. It was a mix-up. You had to be French and English mixed together, traveling different parts of the country. Excellent idea. Um, governments will not bring that back. But now that the decline in people volunteering to join the military is on, wow, the military would be the perfect organization. And so it doesn't mean, you know, necessarily learning how to fire a gun. Uh, but it would be health services. They said the military is being stretched too thin, too thin. We helped in seniors' homes and so on. Great. This national service organized by the military. You can do military training. You can be on a ship. Or you can just do tree planting. You can do all the other things. But you're going to have um, commanders. You're going to have – there's going to be a hierarchy. And you are going to have to serve. And so there you go. I'm just putting it there. I haven't fleshed it out. But just today – when I read an article about the decline in numbers enlisting in the military, I realized there's the answer for my dream of volunteer service. It's not volunteer. You have to do it. And you owe Canada one year, the way many, many other countries do. And uh, it may be you find it was a great thing and you stay in for longer and get all the benefits. 
Um, but you're going to give at least one year. And this is new Canadians. This is, these are, this is everybody is in. There's no opting out. Okay. Park that. Um, I love films where I don't recognize the actors. I don't know them. And I was realizing, uh, when I watched a movie last night, uh, Bullet Train, which yeah, was entertaining, fun, but you know, you recognize the actors, you know who they are, and they're just people acting a role. But when I watch these British detective series like Marcella, which I'm up to season three now, which it's a very dark series. Wow, it's dark. It's scary. It's tense. Like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm tense when I'm watching it. And I guess maybe that's part of the thrill. Um, well, I don't know the actors, but God, are they ever good. And all the bit parts. And the thing that is so great about it, they're not all handsome. They're not all beautiful. They're just people. And you think, great, by God, I hope they get other parts. I hope they can make a living acting that there's enough series put out where, no, we're not looking for beautiful. We're not looking for Hollywood. We're looking for actors. People can come across as a real person. So there you go. Gosh, I'm just about done then. Good. 15 minutes in. Well, those are all the topics. I covered them all. The value of drinking, compulsory national service. I love actors. Not beautiful. Oh, the, oh sorry. <laughs> the big one. The seven laws of karma. Yeah, we got just time to read. I'm going to read these to you. I saw this. I shared this on my um, Instagram feed. I love it. So I'm going to just... You know, be patient, slow the tape down, or maybe I'll talk slowly. I don't know. The seven laws of karma. Number one, the great law. Whatever we put into the universe will come back to us. I'll repeat. Whatever we put into the universe will come back to us. Number two, the law of creation. Life does not happen by itself. We need to make it happen. I'm, I'm puzzled by that one. I'm a little puzzled, but we need to make it happen. Okay. Number three, the law of humility. One must accept something in order to change it. One must accept something in order to change it. Okay. The law of responsibility. Number four, we must take responsibility for what is in our lives. We must take responsibility for what is in our lives. Ooh, that sounds like a very important one. Number five, the law of change. History repeats itself until we learn from it and change our path. Okay. Number six, the law of patience and reward. The most valuable rewards require persistence. There's a key word there, persistence. You have to keep at it. Okay. And number seven, the law of significance and inspiration. The law of significance and inspiration. Rewards are the result of the energy and effort we put into it. The rewards we get are the result of the energy and effort we put into it. I'll leave those there. I'll circle back to number one, the great law. Whatever we put into the universe will come back to us. And by God, the times when I'm feeling high, when I'm feeling blessed, when I'm feeling thrilled, when I'm feeling happy, when I'm feeling content, when I'm feeling on top of things, when I'm feeling a rush of happiness... That one kicks in. Maybe I'm getting all these blessings because I'm making an effort to be a better person. And I know, I know the naysayers are out there. Boy, oh boy, I've just had another run-in of, of somebody calling me out for my laziness, my selfishness. And I know those are traits that I'm guilty of. I mean, maybe somebody would think my struggle to give up my coat was an example of selfishness. And I mean, I knew I had to, and I know if I still had the coat in the back of my car right now, which I'm picturing it, I, I don't know how I'd feel. Would I feel embarrassed? Would I be driving all the way back to the Salvation Army to give it in? Would it be back up, hanging in the closet this afternoon? 
Would I make a point of going on a camping trip and taking it with me? Would I make good use of it? Like right now, I'm wearing this heavier coat, and I wish I was wearing that lighter coat. I loved it. It was a great driving coat. God damn it, I miss it. I was even tempted. I was even tempted to go back into the store and offer to buy it back. To offer to buy it back. Give Hand over $10. I want that orange coat. Now that's that's not an unreasonable possibility, and, and I'm I mean I'd have to go in. I'd have to. My God, what are the chances of even getting finding it? Would that? How would that sit? Stay tuned to the Dixon Jeans podcast, and you'll find out what happened to the orange coat. Scabbard dude. Signing off. Oh, I already put the bell away. Hang on. Yes. Okay. Bell, bell, bell.